The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Clip Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Theo Double G. And with me tonight, I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects at Agent Underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at Roddy Cat in the house. Yes, yes, yes. It is I. Not worthy. Not worthy. (laughs) And you can make sure to go to our website, dclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On the homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to or by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and we are a part of the CSPN Media Conglomerate. Make sure to go to CSPN.us. Do it today. Do it today! And make sure to buy Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. We will record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can tune in by going to theclicknation.com forward slash live. And if you're talking comic books on social media, make sure to use the hashtags CBCron or Comic Book Chronicles to join in on the conversation. So there were a ton of good books out this week. One massive 50-pager. Yeah. Shortly. But first, we're going to get to, uh, I guess, the last two issues that dealt with Fallout from Secret Empire, that being two generation one shots and the first one we're going to deal with tonight is the generations the spiders aka miles morales spider-man and peter parker spider-man all right we all read this yep so i like what bendis has been doing in uh, the spider-man miles morales ongoing series and spider-man 2 where he's kind of had miles questioning whether or not he wants to continue being spider-man Mm-hmm. the subject of legacy and how Miles is uh, when he took up the mantle of Spider-Man it was to carry on in Peter's uh, memory after his death in the Ultimate Universe but he's uh, been starting to wonder you know, what would his life be like if he wasn't Spider-Man some could take that as him uh, thinking about giving up being a superhero period but I look at it more as you know maybe he did you know, instead of becoming Spider-Man what if he forged his own path and maybe created his own uh, code name to go by. And some of that is touched on here in the issue where he goes back in time to meet a, I guess it's not teenage Peter Parker because he's out of high school, I think. Uh, he's he's the ESU, so he's college. Yeah, he's college. Yeah. He could still technically be a teenager. He still could be 19. Well, yep. I guess yeah, you're right. You know, like you could be, a, you know, like in college. Teenager and 19, 19, 19 I guess so. 18 yeah. and 19. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But so he's the, a young adult. 
and he meets Peter right after one of the more iconic uh, moments and uh, scenes in Spider-Man uh, lore. Which also, uh, when, I guess you could also say uh, Spider-Man Homecoming since the yeah. reference. <laughs> yeah. Just the entire book office. Yeah. Off back. And Aunt May's in the hospital and he's worried about her and trying to juggle personal life and superhero life is, again, the best of them. Yeah, this is as, as described by, um, in I guess, in Celestis or whatever, this is pretty much Peter at his lowest, you know, which this book has some surprisingly de- surprising depth in that because, like, you can kind of feel it. Uh, and even with the fact that Bendis is in love with his words, um, mm-hmm. but you can feel like, the, it's like, wow, it's like, yeah, I'm just like, you don't really get it at first, but. Like as you start reading it, and you especially when you start getting into the parts where, you know, Peter's kind of yeah breaking down. Yeah, because you're placing it all into context at that point, and you're starting to see like this is where it fits into like like uh, like uh, Tim was saying how it fits into the mythos, and you know once that starts to kind of hit, it's it hits heavy. Yeah, so I was kind of shocked how it played out in that. Which what's what's interesting is we, I guess we, I guess that we didn't get to see. Miles sent back to the present, but I guess he he did disappear at the very end, right? Which most of the, yeah, most of the generations ones have been doing that to varying degrees. Like, and although the next one takes a really world turn, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, um, it's a pretty unique turn amongst all the generations. But I know what you're referring to, so yeah, yeah. Um, here's my question, and it'll, this is one of the questions I will have for the next one also. Well, actually, the next one kind of answered it, but partially answered it, like. Do both sides of the equation remember uh, this trip? Is what Good I question. really want to know. Which it makes it sound like kind of no, but we don't know that yet. Like we we can we pretty safely say that the um, the legacy characters do. Like that has been you know right. That's a fact because they're being interrogated about it. <laughs> exactly. Like again, we'll, we'll get to that in, yeah. in a second. But it's like. Especially when we get to the next one, it's like, do these people, like, there's some, yeah, I, I got questions on that part. Well, there's a funny reference to it um, uh, in this issue where uh, where uh, Peter Parker says, uh, don't answer that, my imaginary friend. I got I got a real kick out of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was that, a nice that was pretty good. I was like, okay, P- Peter's playing it off like, uh, or they're, they're written like Peter's playing it off like he's, like he's hallucinating or something like that. I'm like, all right, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to play this. So I, yeah. I kind of actually appreciated appreciated that, you know. Ah, you know, the guy just lifted a building on his back, kind of cut him some slack. He's imagining. <laughs> I had been up forever, worried about his aunt, so yeah. he had his all get out, you know. So, you but know. again, this, this has been the only one so far that I've read that kind of even goes so far as to address. Well, it still hasn't addressed present Peter though. So that, which is the part that's still kind of I'm wondering about, or present any of the you know, you know, the senior characters, right. So, you know, all that said, though, you know, I like that, you know, as much as uh, Bendis is kind of killing me on that uh, Spider-Man 2 um, limited series, I like that, you know, what what I guess Miles wanted to say after kind of going back in time as opposed to dealing with present day Peter Parker. You know, I kind of liked how he kind of came to, you know, a certain realization about how he's been feeling about his legacy, like him uh, picking up a legacy. So, you know, if you're looking into, uh, you know, if you're looking to kind of read into uh, some characterization, because believe it or not, there's none, there's no fisticuffs in here at all. So, you know, if you're looking um, to read into the, uh, these particular characters, uh, pick up this issue. 
Yeah, this is definitely a more personal one where there's not much action per se, except for Miles and Peter bumping into each other. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention in the fact that, um, which, and maybe this happened in one of the others that I don't remember, but Miles goes back to see his younger self. Oh, yeah. Which is actually represented in this. I'm like, okay, he came from another universe, but so that was another but question. After Wars, yeah, after Secret Wars, right. <laughs> everything uh, got mushed together, so. But you see um, what looks to be the meeting of him and Gonky and their respective mothers, because he you know, he went to his house and saw them out playing uh, you know, playing with Legos, which I guess could also be another homecoming reference, unless that was in the books already. Uh, that was in the books already. Okay, so yeah, because like I, I didn't I didn't read Ultimate, um, but uh, like the, you, what you see what seems to be their first meeting as as little kids. I'm saying, and at first my thought was, wait. Is Miles was Miles old enough slash young enough to be around when Peter? But I guess Peter was in college, so I guess that makes sense. You know, type of situation. roughly. I was about to say it, from from the looks of things, there is roughly uh, a ten year age difference, right? You know, because if if Peter Parker in this, is, you know, like the, from the from the modified retcon, um, if if Peter Parker in this is like roughly uh, eighteen or nineteen. Right. And miles in this is probably maybe it's a little bit more than ten. Yeah, which know. again seems kind of weird because it seems like Peter's a little bit older than that. But then again, again the, the sliding timeline, as you said, exactly. But if you do the math, if you think about it, if Miles is in his teens, that yeah. Peter Parker in current day Spidey in his late twenties, you know. But wait, but or, Miles is like sixteen, isn't he? Right. So just do the math. Like add on ten. You're 26, and that's not oh, right. I said add on 10 or 12, like roughly. I don't remember if he's 16 or older. So I think that's been referenced. He's like 16 or 17, I think, because I think that might have been referenced in that. Yeah. Well, at least Spider Man. I mean, when he and Spider Woman, Spider Gwen. Sure. So let's say, so without belaboring the point, let's add on 12 years. So we put Peter into his late 20s, maybe 30. Yeah. You know? Which I did anyway, but. So, but like, you know, like we've been saying, Secret Wars basically kind of reshifted everybody's sliding timeline a little bit. So, you know, what we grew up with (laughs) has been compressed into everything happening within a couple hours of each other. So, all right. So there's nothing else to to say about uh, Generations Miles and Peter. Let's move on to Generations Falcap and Cap. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Because uh, what happens in this issue is holy... And I'm spelling that as, you know, not wholly as in because, you know, there's a there's actually a religious uh, turn in this. Not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. There's a wholly different uh, uh, twist in this Generations issue compared to all the other Generations books. And actually, if you think about it, a little bit of, um, I guess you can call it a retcon, sort of. Yeah. Or the very day's folding in, but we'll get to that in a second. Right. I, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It was definitely one of the more in-depth ones. Yes. Yes. Out, but they took better. full advantage of the platform. Right. Or scenario. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway. Sam gets sent back to World War II era, uh, enlists, and runs into a very uh, green Captain America. Right. And he enlists using modern technology. Kind of cheating there. Weapon to his shield. Something I... That's another thing. I don't think he had it on him. No, but that, he, that, he did. He did. He did. That's another thing. That may have been touched on in Legacy. Hmm. 
or he stole it away when he stole his stole his uh, record. Oh yeah, there, there was a, a shield found in a crate. Exactly. We're totally. We're now. Now everything's in a loop. But <laughs> but that still brings up a problem, though. So of course it does. They're gonna touch in like everything is gonna go to hell because <laughs> because one is out of time. But anyway, let's go on. Well, yeah, but later on in this one, we come to find out something. Well, that so basically, we, Sam goes back. He assumes a different identity, right? Uh, we should point out, and and then a list, and ends up turning into cinematic Falcon, who was in the the military. Um, by the way, which and that, which is why I'm saying that gets folded in because um, which is weird is the first person he meets kind of favors Anthony Mackie weirdly enough, but that but that person never really shows up again. Like he's just the person that 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 uh, Sam runs up against, and then you know I was trying googling to see the name he created was like an old Marvel name, right? But as he says, his dad's first name and mom's maiden name, but still right. But and so, which brings up that because so a couple of things happen. Like I said, Sam goes through this. He's he's fighting in the war. He meets Cap. They fight together. You know, just like they did later on. But we also get Sam going through a whole lifetime's worth of uh, a literal lifetime's worth of um, life memories. Yes, because like he goes from he goes until what assumes to be would be his death until he pops back into the future under this assumed name. Even talking to Cap. Multiple times, which granted he's older now, so he probably you know right. he, even if even if Cap even if Steve would have recognized him, he you know wouldn't have known him at that time anyway. But it seemed like to me so, but even to the point of seeing himself teaming up with him younger self as Fal- uh, was as Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything up until um, Cap Cap you know Cap loses his uh, powers uh, until everything and. Un- even yeah. up to him taking over as Captain America. Right. Which he has a hand. Oh, by the way, also, Sam, apparently, if, if all of this plays out and is canonized now, Capra's, I mean, Sam was responsible for... Uh, His own appointment as Captain America. Yes, that too. And... <laughs> and um, I rang the quarter bell kind of late, but I rang it. Yeah, what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> also telling Cap to maybe you know, round out the shield because when we see him, it was the younger Cap with the with the... You know, with the old shield, because oh. he even mentions like, "Hey, you might want to tell somebody to see about rounding that out." So, so Sam is responsible for. Well, I was about to say, I don't know if he's responsible for the uh, accident, but you know, no. Before, if like I said, if you, yeah. you use that to play into that, but yeah, like you know, there's a, a there's the, the the other versions that that say otherwise, but you know, but you That's could still kind of point that in there. You could also, I would also say that you could count this as a this. Like especially going back to Captain America first Avenger uh cap, this could be around that time and this could be cinematic. Like, you know, they didn't show none of that stuff in the movie about where, you know, you see Cap as a moment in his moments of unsuredness and still being green as Kim uh as Tim said earlier. But this could still also be around that time and, and maybe say, you know, give credence to cinematic cap being somewhat canonized. I mean, if you look at it in a certain certain point of view. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like I was about to say, like ultimately what we're dealing with now is, you know, cinematic cap, like certain aspects of cinematic cap have been, you know, canonized now. But, at, you know, like ultimately in this, um, you know, there's a couple of points, you know, that, that we were bringing up before. It looked like Falcap in World War II had painted over the shield mm-hmm. uh, because he has it strapped to his back and, and it's in uh, um, Army Green. Well, see, I thought that was just the, the Falcon, his, his wings. Right. Pack. 
No, if you look at some of the drawings, maybe it's the art. Maybe it's the art, but if you go to page, um, I'm trying to count pages here. Sorry, guys. But um, uh, but there's definitely art in here that makes it look like it's the shield. Hmm. But and are talking in the forest. Sure. And this is where I thought it was like, well, they just basically made it the, the pack that he has on in the Captain America movies. That's, that's kind of how I took that. Oh, no, no. It, it definitely is the shield. Like if you look at the, uh, the art. But like I said, it could just be the artist's rendition. Hmm. So, which brings back, again, like with everything we just said, brings up other questions. Like, they've already established that, because they even said later on in the issue that uh, Sam goes to look up his alter ego, and and apparently there is no no record of him ever existing, Mm -hmm. of anybody by that name ever existing. So, I'm supposing we're to to believe that, okay, maybe either Kobik wiped it out, but, again, does um, Steve... Remember this person. Two, Sam led a full life up until the fact of seeing himself and whatever, and had a family. Are the people still around? What happened to that family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means which means Sam has more family than the one who that's already established for him. If all of that you know stuck, which you know it, it's kind of hazy as to whether that's the case about you know. Yeah. Outside, like, for all of that, like all of those questions and just the general reading and going through, because obviously, well, not even obviously, but it touches upon points in actual history, and you know, and uh, even in Sam's personal history, you know, having given having been given another lifetime, that kind of uh, come back into play. All right, but yeah, I just liked how personal the story was to to Sam. It felt like. It, it was all not really was all, but was a nice ending to Spencer's Sam Wilson Captain America story. And, and it's questions in general. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know what? At the end of the, you know, at the end of this arc for uh, the, at the end of this character arc for Sam Wilson, you know, and and I, I hate to say this, but it felt like you know this this generation story took the character to like a a kind of uh, you know to to a place of peace where he's at peace with the idea of you know what. Um, I'm going to be my own hero as opposed to being, you know, somebody's best friend, you know, like he's got, you know, he's done his stint as cap. Now he's just like, you know, what? I'm going to be my own dude. I still think his, his stint as cap was mired in events and oh, of course, whatever, but yeah, that's neither here nor there at this point. But that's every, well, I was going to say that's every book right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like every, cause I mean, it, like I said, like there are characters that lower regular characters that have had, yes, some of this stuff has coming in and out of events, but they have had, character arcs they have had stories of their own as opposed to pretty much going from event to event to event mm-hmm. unlike unlike sam if uh if sam's shield wasn't painted green i would say it's the same shield that was uncovered in marvel legacy number one so i'm sitting here looking at the panel where they show it and there's like some other stuff in the box so i'm like is that maybe his flight the rest of his flight equipment messing but- with the time space continuum man <laughs> yeah so let's move on to Marvel Legacy number one, unless we're uh, real quick. The only thing I can say is like I, I see where you say that it looks like the shield, but I still and, and definitely does. But I still think it is, it's kind of oh yeah, because yeah, there's the one part it's where he's flying. Obvious, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, but not, no, but look on the next page where they're standing in where he's standing in profile. Yeah, yeah. And so that, I see that's huge. That you know that's not the flight pack, <laughs> right? So yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, let's get on to Marvel's Lexi because there was a whole lot going on there. All right, spoiler bell, people. Spoiler bell. Did it? 
Uh, Did it change the Marvel Universe forever? No, it just kind of felt like it could have been an epilogue to um, Generation in one respect. Yep. Agreed. Because all they did was basically bounce around to to this, that, and the other. I'm going to review this on CBR.com. Go check that out. For the most part, I liked it. Um, I felt like we... I would have liked to have spent more time with the thousand BC Avengers or what oh, was it? one one million BC mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're gonna show up again anyway. So, <laughs> and I did like how Aaron paired members, the current incarnation of uh, that team, together, like Starbrand and Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes getting into a little scuffle, and Iron Fist hanging out with Doctor Strange. Uh, because of the dreams that Iron Fist has, has been having. Yeah, apparently, yeah, he and Doctor Strange, and I, I guess, well, we don't get to the fact that whether the rest of them do, but... Yeah, Doctor Strange says he doesn't dream, or he's had some witty response. Yeah, it sounds like he said he, he basically did, but yeah, he's like... Oh, like, did you ever dream about killing God, killing a god? And he's like, nah, not really. <laughs> um, there, let's see, a couple other one page, one or two-page uh, stories set up things for the future... Yeah, like I said, most of this just basically felt like it set up uh, things going into legacy and and books that are coming out. I gotta say, um, I was I was pretty happy to see Aesop Rubik's art right up front. He did know. a good chunk of it, you know, but like right up front with the th- you know, like with like the uh, with Odin, Thor, and um, and uh, the one million BC, uh, what you call it, with that particular group of characters. I like I, I liked how that looked. The first like kind of uh, six page sequence. Yeah. And then uh, the Black Panther stuff was a surprise. Oh yeah, I like that. I'm like, okay, let's let's see more of that. Let's see how and that, that actually ties. I guess back to Hickman's first issue of New Avengers. I hear right. Continuity. <laughs> Hold on, now you guys got me because I don't remember exactly where. Oh, you mean with the space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like, everything got reset with Secret at the end of Secret Wars, so that those kids' space odyssey didn't get interrupted. By incursion, mm-hmm. I was pretty jazzed. That yeah. I was about to say I was pretty jazzed on the on the page right before we get a nice preview of uh, Jim Chung's uh, uh, Benjamin J. Grimm. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh, there was there was also a pretty actually just kind of it was cool, but it also slightly had me a bit miffed. So there was a the part where um, uh, um, Sam. Thor and well, Jane Foster, Thor and uh, Ironheart were in there fighting, you know, fighting the the uh, the frost giants. The mini frost giants, yeah. (laughs) Frost giants that spoiler alert: Loki's involved. Yeah, of course. In one part of this, so he sends some uh, frost mini frost giants to get a crate, which has which we end up um, find out what that is and who now possesses it. Water bell. Yeah, that's that was a disappointment. That part was a disappointment to me. But anyway, but anyway, like so during the course of the fight, um, they were like, Reed was like, "Can I say it?" Or basically, basically was like, "Can I say it?" And then Thor was like, "You know what? We've all had our moments and this and that. I don't plan on dying. So let her give her get her let her get her chance to say it." And then she goes to 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 ring out the battle cry and she forgets it. I'm sitting here like, okay, that was almost a good moment. It was funny, mind you, because she starts Avengers and it was like. What's the rest of the line? And and sounds like and the moment has passed. That's like a Joss. That's like that's like straight out of Joss Whedon because <laughs> Whedon is not a fan of the battle cry. Whereas like everyone's begging for it, waiting for it. They're gonna make us wait until like Infinity War or later to hear it. Right. 
I was like, oh man, I wanted to hear her say it. I was like, that makes so cool. Oh, but it was still funny though. So I was like, okay, it, but it was still a little upsetting. And it probably probably would have been even if they did it, it seemed like it would have been shooting because it wasn't like it was a whole team; it was just three of them. Mm-hmm. Although variations of the core team, you would think you would say, right? There was a nice um, aside. One of the uh, the pages, the one page uh, teasers for uh, what's coming up, uh, was a nice flashback to uh, the recent events in Amazing Spider-Man involving Norman Osborn. I did like that. That was pretty cool. Just because I, after reading that one sh- that uh, one off story, I immediately like, yes, this is going to be picked up again, picked up again, hopefully in other future stories. And there it was. <laughs> it was like right there, the week after. So what did you guys think of what happened to Starbrand? Obviously, it's probably not permanent, but... Yeah. It's, yeah, for it is for that character, but yeah, I, probably. Yeah, it seemed like... I mean, because if you think about the history of the Starbrand, it, it passes from person to person. So the way that played out seemed like someone's probably end up going to end up uh, brandishing it. Gotcha. And which is weird also because the last we checked, uh, the person, the guy who uh, went up the star brand was kind of in college. He and uh, Night Mask or something. But then again, this looked like a way older, almost original looking star brand. Cause it was looking kind of older and almost like the character. They, 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 they you know, like granted, well, it was a Ken Call. Anyway. Uh, that sounds right. God, I can't believe I remember that. That's so bad. <laughs> so. I think that's just the art, to be honest. I think this is the yeah, same thing. And, and, yeah, that's and noted. But the, the, again, it's still looking like a, an older, way older than what he seemed to be. And granted, we hadn't really seen him that much since that since their series, uh, you know. Right. Left. But still, it looked, it looked like a little older, weathered, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but nevertheless, like I said, yeah, I think that's probably going to get passed on because it was just kind of left there. I'm like, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, he pulled himself back together. I'm like, ah, okay. So, what did you guys think of the reveal of uh, the actual narrator of the story? Cool. So I like noticed with the the coloring of the thought or the let the the lettering balloon, war balloon. Yes, I didn't even think about that until the reveal. That okay, that then that kind of makes sense because there are certain points where you think, well, it could be this person, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I, I like that. I I kind of guess that it might be related to this family of characters. Big big hint right there family of characters uh, but um um without completely spoiling it but i like the i like the twist that it was this particular branch of the family right even though there's other couple other branches as you alluded to earlier that that could be you know in the you know in the place of the, uh, the narrator right well not only that but just showing up like you say the the the, the thing exactly. that storm show up in a, in a panel to see here's the thing up until that point i was thinking none, nothing about any of them but then i then i got to that page it was like all right they do have a book coming out mm-hmm. and then once we get to the end where we see the the, the revelation of the of the narrator i was like okay that seemed like that was like okay sure but it seemed like that was kind of like just kind of popped in there speaking of revelations though um we have a we have a rebirth of a, of another character that has already been around what do we, what do we that think? was already spoiled. Yeah, that, that that it was. So what do we think about that? And I didn't keep up with that storyline, but I knew what happened at the end of it, and I still don't understand how this is happening. Yeah, kind of weird. Hold on, ringing the bell again. So Wolverine's back, y'all. Right. And Logan, but the, the original recipe, James Howlett Logan, whatever his name is. Right. Is back from the dead, left his 
um, adamantium encasement some kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Like, how did he get out of there? <laughs> and we got, to see, we got to see the adamantium cocoon. Yeah. Like, are we to believe that, okay, instead of killing him, it just encased him in... Mind you, he lost his healing factor at that time. So did the, the, the adamantium heal him? Just... <laughs> Like this is like an Adam Warlock situation where he was concealed in Adam in adamantium and it gave him back all his his, uh, his former graces. We don't know yet. We don't know. Which again, I say blue. <laughs> and he ends up with the the object of um, that Loki sent the the frost giant sins, which ends up being guess what, y'all, an infinity gem. Right. So again, I say boo. <laughs> yeah. I'm- I need to get some stories that don't involve Infinity Stones at some point. Right, but we also get to see, it was like, well, since these are in play again, the, the Guardians are back in play again, looking for the for the stones, because we see the panel of uh, Gamora, whatever. Um, well, that makes sense, because they've been building to that in Guardians. Right. Because right. she, she feels like part of her soul is still stuck in the Soul Stone. Right. And also uh, an allusion to the upcoming totally totally awesome Planet Hulk series. Yeah. So it has Greg Land art. Oh, no. Or Will. I need the, will it? <sighs> like the disgust in my voice, right? Jeez. I'm behind on that series anyway. Was that Totally Awesome Hulk? Yeah. Uh, I stopped really reading it closely when it was in, um, whatchamacallit, that Weapon X crossover. crossover. Yeah. So I'm back. I read the most recent one that we were talking about. I think it was last week's issue. I read that one. Where they they're basically punting them off into space. So, yeah. So the just about the Marvel Legacy mm-hmm. sounds like it seemed like it just could have been a, another epilogue to me anyway because it felt like some stuff, stuff they did they've just done at the end of events in the last couple of years and be like, hey, guess what, y'all? This stuff is coming up, right? So we're just gonna allude to every bit of it without having. I was gonna say, you know, I kind of appreciate the fact that it's actually the a number one issue that you know that that touches on everybody's story as opposed to, uh, you know, five pages of the ending of an event and then that, you know, right. It, which also brings a question: like, generations was not an event per se because there wasn't the only underlying uh, theme in it was the fact that these bunch of heroes got sent back in time and space, whatever. Yeah, like, it's also of uh, Secret Empire, right? Um, but which also seemed like this, like if they had taken this on to the end of uh, Secret Empire, I was like, okay, sure, this would have been, it wouldn't have been, it would have been no big shakes because that's kind of how things happen. But like I said, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there does seem to be some semblance of a story. That, and what, what I was trying to get to is that they are treating Marvel. Well, they did say there's an article saying that this is the third act of you know the stuff coming out of what secret empire or whatever the case may be so it is also not an event per se but it has event like qualities where there is there seems to be a through line of a plot that might end up in a big to do maybe all right well we shall see we shall see all righty so we've covered three books so far this week where do you guys what was that right no I i was i was kidding i was saying rapid fire Oh jeez! Yeah, <laughs> fire right now. It almost needs to be <laughs> for me. Anybody want to throw something out? We've already done three of my books. Um, anyone else read Batman: The Murder Machine? I skimmed it. Nay, I guess. I, um, so basically, these. I guess I could say this for rapid fire, but I'll go ahead and do it now. But these Batman, Evil Batman, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight's Metal one shots just get, basically give you the origins of. 
the different Batman each week. Uh, last week we had the who was it last week? Flash, the Red Death. The Red Death. This week is the Cyborg Batman, who on his Earth, uh, a couple of his Gotham City Rogues Gallery uh, brutally beat up and killed Alfred. Uh, but Batman had saved a copy of Alfred's, you know, brain patterns or mind or whatever digitally. Right. And he sort of like uploaded it to his computer somehow. And uh, it decided the best way to protect Bruce slash Batman is to get rid of his enemies. So he, the computer AI, uh, Alfred killed like all the villains it's like Alfred becomes a version of Ultron, and in the- yeah, and then <laughs> Batman and Cyborg are trying to like work together to try to uh, stop him. Cyborg recommends just like deleting the program memory. Uh, Batman doesn't want to do that because after Alfred's death, he like accepts that Alfred is like his father figure, and he wants to save him, and uh, ends up like hijacking Cyborg's body and incorporating it into his own, and that's basically the issue. That's a there's a weird Tony slash Tony Stark slash Hank Pym thing that yeah. that happened with that. I'm like, wait, Batman uploaded Alfred's brain. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Next week I, is the Green Lantern, the Dawn Breaker. I think is what he's called. I was about to say, hence why I was skimming it. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I see. Hold on, Roddy. What did Roddy read real quick? Uh, I will go ahead. Oh, and I got I'll, a huge list. Uh, I actually take a, taking advantage of that that extra day that we now yeah. have when you can't play Destiny or whatever. Kind oh of no! <laughs> um, so I will go ahead and throw out a, a sad ending to a book that I really enjoyed, uh, Nick Fury number six. And actually, yeah, the, the rest of the, I, I'll be honest, the rest of my list, like there's some good stuff in here, but most of it could be. Kind of yeah. I feel like we hit the main. Yeah. Hmm. But Nick Fury number six. This, again, this is the last issue of this book by um, James Robinson and Echo, Echo, whatever. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, still has the, the visual flair that has been going with it, you know, through the, the whole run of the series. Nick's on a mission that has some historical implications, which also, I guess, if you want to put a generation spin on it, um, has to do with his father, Nick Fury Sr., who and I don't know the exact story, but apparently there's a there was a mystery that Nick Fury solved back in the day that has to do with his castle in wherever um, wherever they were. And at the time, Nick, there was a mystery to be solved with some like a, almost a Hondo Baskerville type situation, what it seemed to be. And now Nick Fury Junior kind of have a similar situation uh, in the present, and, uh, but this time it's not Nazis; it's Hydra. Uh, which is the front four, which again, you know, he's been fighting Hydra this whole series. And there's even a callback to some people, uh, one, two people that actually show up in this book. Uh, at the very least, one of them shows up because, it, you know, it, parts of it sound like, okay, well, the book is ended. And I wanted to throw some stuff in here, you know, especially including one big final, well, not final, but one big final-ish fight between Nick and this Hydra agent, uh, Frankie Noble, who's been kind of pursuing him the last few issues related that- to Reggie Noble. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have a, you know, so he's next going through this whole thing without spoiling on the plot. Cause I barely remember it. Um, but they have this big fight and then it's like, well, you know, 
after all that, I feel, you know, closer to my dad now, which is the end result of this particular issue. But again, like I said, closes out this uh, series. Um, if if you haven't read this issue and you if you've seen some of the stuff that I posted on the CBC Caps uh, account from these, the visual styles this has been great the whole way through. It's just been basically, you know, action, one big action, um, you know, issue after another and visually and just story-wise, you know, like Frank goes in, on, I mean, Frank, uh, Nick goes in on a mission, does some things happen, but he gets out of it, you know, just some way, just like his dad. And matter of fact, there's a reference to that in, in here in multiple times. And then, you know, one and done. We still don't know, which is the thing that I'm kind of wondering about. So there's been a person that's been talking in his handler, one would say, talking in his ear the whole time, but we never get a sense of who that is. They're never called by name. And that, for me, has been as a big of an issue or big of a, a curiosity than anything else that's been going on in the book. Because, like I said, the, the issue's been having them. There's just been one mission after another after another. But, and I kind of wonder if they were actually going to address that at some point. Yeah. But, like I said, Nick, it was, um, if, you've, if, if you have read any, any of these issues and enjoyed those, you will enjoy this one also. And, like I said, this one kind of has a generational spin you could, you could throw on it without any direct uh, meetings between Nick's uh, senior and junior. Sure. All right. So let's see. Tim. It looks like we both read Thor number 23. Of course we did. <laughs> so let me scroll to your notes on this. because I just said I was surprised they wrapped up the War Thor story so quickly. I don't think it's wrapped because his, the, uh, just, you know, mild spoiler alert, mild, mild. I'm just going to ring the bell once. So the identity of the Warthor, aka Volstag the Valiant, right, um, is finally revealed to the the, the main protagonist, uh, Jane Foster Thor, and the Odin Son. And I don't necessarily think it's re- it's it's resolved because uh, you see uh, the Warthor in the solicits for the, the the cover for the next issue. It looks like. Well, it's also like a. Supposedly, he's going to have every Thor ever, and it's also the seven hundredth issue. So it's kind of like a anniversary. Let's get it together. Yeah. We're going back to Thor's, at least for an issue. Hmm. At least for an issue. But I like that. Um, I like that. Uh, neither uh, Jane Foster uh, nor Odinson uh, uh, like the feel of um, the Ultimate uh, Hammer, the Ultimate Mjolnir. It has a fury inside it. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I like this. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, a surprising character development in this. Um, you know, uh, back the back and forth between uh, the Warthor and uh, Jane Foster, and also between um, a surprising bit between uh, uh, Rosalind Solomon and uh, the Odinson. I thought that was a, it was it was a nice time to kind of bring that uh, relationship back uh, into focus. So you know, I thought that was a nice touch. You know, like like you were saying earlier, heading into the anniversary issue, where I guess the new storyline of um, the death of uh, the mighty Thor is beginning. Right. Yeah, that I was a lot. forward to that, especially yeah. in the next issue. All the guest artists. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And folks, if you haven't read the Secret Wars miniseries Thor's, you should do so. It is really good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's one of the better, better thought out uh, uh, miniseries that came out of Secret Wars. 
because it had a great premise and great characterization um, between uh, Thor's from various uh, Marvel realities. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you guys think? Rapid fire real quick? Yeah. There we go. Let's pull up the uh, correct gun sound. I'm looking for it now. Uh, here we go. We're in rapid fire. All right. So I guess I'll throw out some rapid fire books. Um, I don't have too much left. Spider Gwen number 24. Um, in it, this is the continuing saga of the uh, Spider Gwen Earth uh, version of the Venom symbiote, which is actually a scientific um, mutation as opposed to an alien entity. And it is it, it, it remains very interesting, the characterization of this world's Matt Murdock and how that uh, this world's Matt Murdock uh, as this world's kingpin plays off of um, uh, Spider-Gwen is hugely, hugely uh, dramatic and at the same time entertaining. So I, I, I generally recommend this book if you can keep up with some of the kinetic uh, Robbie Rodriguez art. Um, what else do I have? We talked about Mighty Thor. Infamous Iron Man number 12 is the last issue of uh, this ver- this uh, volume of um, Iron Man, which uh, follows um, Victor Von Doom on a quest uh, to be heroic. And it turns out that he's still on that quest, but it, uh, but just that uh, this volume is ending and we're going into the search for Tony Stark. So nothing has really quite been resolved yet in terms of uh, Victor Von Doom and his... Uh, and his quest to um, redeem himself. And finally, um, I guess, Roddy, you wanted to sp- uh, speak very quickly about uh, Black Panther 18 together so we can knock this out on rapid fire? Go for it. So um, from what I recall reading this, uh, there is, um, I-, I guess, what happened in the last issues have set up um, uh, a-, a sort of detective story where uh, T'Challa and... Um, and uh, the uh, the agents of Wakanda, I'll call them the agents of Wakanda, are on the are, are on the hunt for the the, uh, the, the, the what turn out to be foreign uh, agents, foreign actors um, who are uh, in, uh, interfering in uh, uh, the Wakandan tribal uh, uh, conflicts. So, as they go abroad to uh, to search out these foreign agents, it turns out that uh, slowly but surely the uh, the emergence, the reemergence of a longtime Black Panther. Uh, uh, villain is revealed and uh, his hand uh, as part of a, a greater uh, conspiracy is uh, revealed in this issue as well. Just in time for the move? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> Just a little early, but it's also a decent time to reestablish because the trailers are about to hit. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so yeah, there's a couple of things, but like, like you said, like you, you took part of it, but the, yeah, the other part of it is also that, uh, hey, there's these old, old gods that, um, what the, the gods of Wakanda have seemingly left them, but there are these right. other gods that are in that are seem to be making a play for people's um, people's uh, graces, um, and so there's a whole big thing around that. But yeah, at the same time, Black uh, one of Black Panther's old friends got kidnapped, and the Midnight Angels have been sent in, who are helping T'Challa. Um, I thought reluctantly, but they they seem seem to be all right with it, and they get led into a trap. Uh, oh, I'm not going to pull up the sound effect, people. That, no, was, no, no, weeks no. Ago. <laughs> that was a couple of weeks ago. You pretty much, yeah, you, you pretty much you know, outlined whatever else happens. Again, like I said, and, and like like uh, HS70 said, a, a classic, um, a classic Black Panther villain is now back. Not necessarily back, but in the fold. Mm-hmm. 
with his own. I almost called them the Sinister Six, but I don't think there was even six of them. But. No, yeah, it's like a little. It, it's a nice little crew of yeah. uh, of uh, Black Panther related villains, you know, as have been established in recent continuity. His would be Sinister Six, or um, I guess what would be the um, the the, um, the Masters of Doom or something. I don't know. I was going to say Furious Five because there is a rap reference in this. Um. <laughs> that, is true. that is true. It's not a Furious Five, but it is. There is a- <laughs> Which you will see if you uh, follow the CBC Caps account. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that covers my rapid fire. Hmm. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and spit mine out because you know, it is all a dream. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ducktales number one, it's, uh, all ages. It's Ducktales, y'all. It, it's um, it's mm. like yeah, exactly. Glad you got to this because I I wasn't able to. Yeah, I was like, I wanted to check it out, especially because I checked out DuckTales Zero and I was like, okay, yeah, it is what it is. And uh, it is, given that there is a new series on TV at this moment, um, this kind of plays off of that in that. So, you know, the, you know the crux of DuckTales, but in this case, Donald's kind of more of a um, a player in the game this time around, whereas, because it's basically two two small stories of, Donald and the boys, Huey, Dewey, and Dewey, his, his uh, nephews, kind of get into stuff and solving things sometimes um, by accident. You know, the boys are always trying to get in trouble, and Donald's trying to keep them, keep them safe, but you know, they end up getting in this head trouble and ended up, you know, fixing things or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, this is basically two small stories of that. Um, and actually also at the end of, of the issue where in the next issue, um, section, there is a picture of another duck that comes into play, which if you've watched the TV show is specifically the last episode. Um, I, another duck is referenced. Mm-hmm. We've never actually ever, you know, seen or knew about, but we always wonder where this person was. That person is not only going to be in the uh, looks like going to be in the show or coming up on the show, but it also comes up in this um, book. So there is definitely a tie to the to the show, uh, not necessarily directly, but still close enough there for this. So if you're curious about that person, you might want to check it out. Or if you you know if you you or some kids you know you like you know happen to like the Ducktail series, check it out. It's, you know it's fun. Uh, Justice League Power Rangers number six. This is the last one of these, sadly. Uh, and it gets wrapped up with a usual cleanness, except, uh, so there's one last fight, you know, between the, the forces of Zed and Brainiac, uh, excuse me, Lord Zed and Brainiac and the, the Justice League Power Rangers who have their powers back. Uh, Alpha still was still big size for a while, for a lot of this, fighting a kaiju, uh, but that ends up ending that fight. Lord Zed, Zed grows uh, fights the the you know the the Power Rangers, but apparently since he doesn't do that that often, it, he was, the, it was going against them up until a certain point. Uh, the Justice League is kind of there helping the clean up, you know, and then the the uh, but they end up like I said helping with the fights here and there, uh, and then you know the the uh, the shrunken Angel Grove goes back gets back to normal. The, the the two teams say their goodbyes, but at the end we see uh, as the Justice League gets sent back to their own world, uh, a Alpha seems to be spazzing out in his usual ay 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 fashion slowly. But then we start seeing Brainiac code come across his eyes, so which means that there's probably going to be a sequel 
No. Oh. And that, uh, as I say, is that. Oh, Kimberly gets some memento, which I, I thought I was kind of <laughs> neat. So, but yeah, there's that. Um, you did, you said you didn't read Mace Windu. Uh, no, I did not. I did not. Okay. So, Star Wars Jedi of the Republic, Mace Window. So, without going too far into this, it still continues that storyline where he and his team are on this planet trying to figure out what separatists are doing there. Um, they get into a couple of scuffles. They meet the the quote unquote big bad who meet, he he and um, Mace fight, and they're also talking as you know bad guys tend to do during the course of fights. Uh, and the plot is kind of. You know, we start to see what's going on on, on this planet as to why the separatists are interested in it. That's pretty much the, the gist of that one. Um, Immortal Iron Fists, number five. This is a digital series, right? It's a digital series, yes. This is a comicsology um, original that um, Marvel... Apparently, there's a couple of them because there's this series and then I know what, last week there was a Hulk, and, a Hulk and Thor one or something that came out. So they've been kind of throwing stuff out there, which is kind of sad because like this, it doesn't show up on, as far as I remember, it doesn't show up on Comicsology. I mean, not, I mean, not Comicsology, Comic List or whatever the case may be the last time I checked. Right. Okay. Okay. That was weird. Um, yeah, I'm taking a, a picture of uh, uh, doing the show in the current setup. Understood. Um, so yeah, you could easily miss this. Um, so this is the book by uh, Kari, Kari Andrews, who did the, um, what was the name of the scene? Was it a Mario Iron Fist? Uh, yes, the series, I believe. So this kind of takes place after that. We have the young, um, the young Iron Fist, pay the the monk that came to Earth during the course of that series. And this, the whole series, like I said, has been her trying to acclimate to trying to be a normal kid and going through the all the social situations there. But this is where things start to pick up because um, the bad guys kind of come and kind of show their hand including the one that I kind of figured was the case when, so Danny hires this uh, nanny um, who, again, I've said this the last couple of times talking about this, reminded me of Madam, Madam Gal from the Netflix series. Uh, and she turns out to be evil, you know, because Danny's looking for these 10 scrolls, uh, as I called them, almost called them the 13 ghosts of Danny Rand or whatever the case may be, but they're looking for these 10 scrolls that um, this evil person was looking for, trying to look for so they could come to Earth. Well, all of that happened uh, because even though Danny and them got all the scrolls, but they still ended up unloosing this evil who had children on Earth, one of which was um, this Madam uh, Yao character and a couple of other people that show up, including one supposed demon hunter who was, you know, a, a basically a double agent and one of the kids that pay, uh, pays school. So, a lot of stuff just kind of goes down as uh, a couple of nice big fight scenes happen. And then something happens to pay where she gets lost or thrown into another dimension or something. And then at the end of that, uh, another character from Carrie Andrews run shows up at the end of this book. Um, surprise, surprise. And the book ends there. Now we have one more issue left because I believe this is only six issues. So we, um, we'll see a conclusion of that because when at the time that Pei gets lost into this other dimension, everyone but Danny and actually Danny even starts to forget who she is. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those type of situations. But again, like I said, whether whatever happens to be is going to be a factor in the next final issue uh, is will be what it is. But it's been a decent book. I there's parts of it that I wasn't crazy crazy about, but it's been a 
it's a pretty good run. I, so if you have a chance to check it out on Comicsology, do so. If if you like that run, the, the former run of the book. Um, last, yep, last book, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number twenty three. So this concludes the Girl Moon uh, arc, uh, where uh, Lunella goes into outer space. She comes across a ego, um, a smaller ego sized planet, which ends up to being Ego's daughter, uh, who's been orbiting him. But they never see each other. So now they've been re- reunited and they're together again and all the hugs in the fields as planetoid type cosmic energies tend to can do happen. And then Lunella leaves because the, her, the power source for her um, spaceship is dying or, or not dying, but uh, leaving her. But she takes one last trip to one would say the beginning of the volume in that um, going back to the the Earth that Devil, Devil Dinosaur comes on, which means the further back in the time stream, she goes to all pretty much the point to where Devil Dinosaur comes into the future, but then gets it uh, the the um, the power source again, and also means that uh, um, Moon Boy, who showed up at the beginning, who seemingly was killed or at least or really hurt, was actually not. So he and Devil Dinosaur has been reunited. Uh, Lunella's like, oh, this is where you belong, uh, Devil Dinosaur, so peace out. And then there's this whole few issues, you know, whole few things about uh, her trying to get rid of him because that's where he he belongs and, you know, she doesn't belong with him and that's the kind of situation. But she finally ends up making it back to present time without Devil Dinosaur. Mm. And uh which I you would think would be the end of this book, but it sounds like it is not because there's another arc starting, um, starting for Marvel Legacy. After, um, it doesn't seem to be re- Legacy related because uh, it's something with the Fantastic Three or something like that. It's called right. They they make an allusion to a Fantastic Three, but also yeah. So she's so it looks like the next arc is her going to be teamed up with a couple other people. Um, it looks like it could be some X-Men might be showing up also, so she's going to have another team or team up in the next couple of issues. Um, we'll see how that plays out, but that is all I got. All right, so clicks of the week or wait, Tim, did you do yours? Yeah, I had uh, the last one I had was Detective Comics number 965. As a Tim Drake fan, I like that the spotlight was placed on him uh, since he was taken off the board kind of early on in, in Rebirth by the mysterious Mr. Oz, who last week we discovered his true identity, which plays into the story here, The Lonely Place of Living, where Tim Drake is a prisoner of of Mr. Oz, but he escapes, and he runs to one of the other um, of Oz. Prisoners? And it turns out to be Batman. Yeah. But it's not the Batman that he's familiar with. It's one uh, gun-toting Batman, so that, you know open your DC encyclopedias and try to figure out which Batman from which earth probably he's supposed to be from. And that was about it. Let's do the week. All righty. Clicks of the week. Mine, mine is generations, Sam Wilson, Captain America and Steve Rogers, Captain America. Number one. Nice. Nice. I'm torn because I actually like the other generations book just a little bit more because of how personal it was. 
Um, I think I'm going to go with Generations. I'm not going to say the full damn title. The Generations, Miles Morales, and Peter Parker. <laughs> That's my click of the week. Um, hmm. Yeah, out of this week's pairings, those two are probably the strongest. Um, so I think I'm going to actually, I'm going to go with Tim on this one. Uh, Captain America's Captain Mer- uh, G- Generation 1. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Look at us enjoying the generation, the final two issues of the generations. Yeah, right really. after kind of slogging our way through the others. Yeah, really. Yeah. Caps it off. Caps it off. Aha. And unfortunately, that's my cue to leave for the night. All righty. Well, just uh, just as a quick heads up, next week um, we're still a little bit up in the air in terms of what we're going to be doing for. Uh, uh, Friday show for uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, so probably won't be a show. <laughs> yeah, it won't be a it won't be a full show. Yeah, we'll see. But you know what? Stay tuned to the uh, the the CBC Con Twitter for that or our various ones if you want to. Definitely got something. Um, I wrote a bunch of stuff this week for CBR and a couple for Nerdist. Check those out. Um, nice news tidbits and and whatnot. And keep tuning in, and we'll see you at New York Comic Con, hopefully. That's right. On the streets of New York. <laughs> Snapchat or Tumblr. Do you have Snapchat? I don't know. Yeah. Worlds will collide. Paths will cross at some point next weekend during New York Comic Con. Our own, our own Agent underscore 70 and at TimDog98 will uh, have a crossover. That's right. My hook, will, my, my hook or my crook? Periscope it or chat, Snapchat it or something. Well, something. We'll do something. Yeah. IG story it. Fellas. Got it. Take care. Talk to you soon. Later. All right. So let me get this ad read out of the way. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc., etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And as we go into the cinematic news, and boy, if they, if anybody tells you having a lot of RAM in your computer is unnecessary, those people have no idea what they're talking about. Because man, this is glorious. <laughs> no lag, huh? Yeah, having being able to throw up a whole bunch of tabs and not have any issues. And I'm noticing I'm also not having the, I'm not haven't gone on the water yet, so I don't know if that's a driver issue or not. Anyway. We are going into the cinematic news for tonight. Uh, you want to start us off, Agent 70? The Twitterverse goes boldly into Star Trek Discovery. So uh, when uh, Star Trek Discovery finally took off on network television, uh, trying to entice viewers into signing up for CBS All Access, um, in the words of Michael Burnham, a.k.a. Num- uh, uh, number one, sometimes when you're lost, you're found. So apparently uh, the uh, Star Trek fans have found uh, something new to follow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this. If you're an actually, if you are actually a fan of something and not person, I mean, you, you could be a fan of something and have critiques of it. 
but there are so-called fans who, you know, we've talked about this, we don't have to really go back to who just want to not like this for whatever other reason. And apparently, um, by accounts, this is, sounds like there's some good things about it, but obviously there's also the other thing of, you know, don't want to have to pay for another streaming service to, to be able to do this. Which, yeah, that's kind of where I am at, but I am, and especially if that service doesn't have much else to, seemingly to offer that you couldn't find in certain other places. Right. Or at least for certain stuff anyway. Specifically Trek stuff, because I know there's a lot of Trek stuff that's still on Netflix and whatnot for the time being. Um, but that said, did you have a chance to watch this, or were you I interested? I have not. I have not. I caught like a couple minutes, but I was, I don't know if I was watching, if I turned to football or if I was just stuck doing something else, but I right. definitely only caught a few seconds of it. Yeah, I tried to record on the DVR, but I think football kind of screwed that up and then 60 Minutes and right. and, and whatnot kind of screwed that up. So, yeah, I, and so it sounds like the last 20 minutes has been cut off for me, but I'm, I'm, I may do the, the seven-day thing. On the all-access? Yeah, just to try, just to see the first couple of episodes. Sure. Well, listen, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it sounds like something that uh, people do with HBO. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, no, Game of Thrones is not on for, you know, for, for a couple of years. I guess I'm canceling my HBO for now. Pretty much. Yeah. And plus, hey, Michelle Yeoh's in something. I'm always down for that. You know, so I mean, I was about to say this is uh, it's funny that I was just mentioning Game of Thrones. We'll get to that after the next story. Indeed. Yeah. And getting to that point. Whoops. That stupid autoplaying messness. Mark Hamill jokes about his son, Sebastian Stan. So, <laughs> so this was actually kind of funny because uh, on Mark Hamill put out a Twitter post saying uh, if you're watching the video, you'll see it. Like, it's hard to see to disappoint you, but I refuse to say Sebastian Stan, I am your father. <laughs> and he puts in quotes, I mean, even though I am, in fact, which is not, which is not true. But if you look at the photo he put... It's kind they, of scary. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's kind of scary. Like, yeah, for those not watching the video, so there's a, I guess a, um, there's a, a I wouldn't, I saw it almost called it a glamour shot, but uh, there's a, a, a photo of uh, Sebastian Stan and right next to it, an older folder of uh, a younger Mark Hamill, and boy, again, they favor. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty scary looking, you know. Yeah. Like, like what's funny is that because we are very used to seeing Luke Skywalker slash Mark Hamill at that age. And mm-hmm. then we see him a little older, um, maybe like during the Flash uh, live action TV show and during um, Star Wars uh, Force Awakening. Right. Force Awakens. Um, yeah, nobody watched The Giver. What's that? Nobody watched The Giver. Yeah, right. So that being said, you know, since, we, since we're not all together used to seeing uh, uh, Mark Hamill as like a middle-aged person, you know, like kind of like a normal middle-aged uh, face, uh, mm-hmm you wouldn't necessarily think that they look alike, but once you put together these, you know, actual images, none of them are doctored, you know, as far as we know, these are actual images from actual, uh, uh, projects. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Like, yeah. you see, there's even the stock photo watermark on, on, on the, the Mark Allen pictures like this. That's crazy though. So yeah, that was kind of funny to see. Sure. Um, next up, I was gonna say, speaking of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark has wrapped filming on her part in the Han Solo star Wars movie. So, uh, as a quick aside, uh, because the Mets have stunk this year, I have taken this opportunity to take up everyone's uh, recommendation and finally kind of uh, binge my way through Game of Thrones. So <laughs> I am. That's, that's what it takes. So the Mets having a bad season. Bad season. Yeah, you know what? Because, you know, when, when, when your baseball team has a bad season, 
you kind of don't want to turn on the baseball. You'll turn it on, but like, ah. so you know, like uh, considering the, the 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 schedule is just sort of playing itself out. I decided to invest my time in a different. Um, in a different direction and uh, decided to start binging uh, Game of Thrones. So I am right at the beginning of season seven. So I'm nearly caught up. Oh, I was about to say good luck with that, but okay. So you're, you're halfway through. Cause that's a slog. Oh, more than halfway. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm really almost done. That's can be kind of a slog, especially if you binge binge. Cause I've heard people like, yeah, I've done like four or five shows a night. I'm like, that's not a show you want to do that with. There's a lot. You know what? I Some of the read, I haven't, I haven't seen all of it, but from what I keep hearing, I was like, that seems to be a lot per episode, much less. Yeah, there's a lot happening per episode, but there's only a few episodes per season. There's not, there's usually not more than like ten or eleven episodes a season. Sometimes yeah, low exactly. like seven or eight. True. So, so yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I would like to call a moratorium on this headline before it happens. Um, when Han, the Han Solo movie come out, please don't let there be any uh, article saying Opie's done it again. Oh no. Because Ron Howard's the one helming the film. Let's let's let's, let's not do that, folks. Let's let's not. Anyway, Richard Cunningham. But anyway, uh, not, not do that one either. But yeah, but you know, but people of a certain vintage will go to the Opie, you know, yeah. the Opie thing, or Richard Cunningham. But you still have to be of a certain vintage for that. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but moving right along, uh, Tom Hiddleston is surprised he's still playing Loki, and given you know the the um, the articles on other art- artists in the Marvel universe saying they'd rather you know uh, give it up before it gets too crazy. I'm kind of surprised too. But yes, there was an article with him talking to the Times of Indi- India, which I feel like I've talked to about this article before, and I have, but in another place. Um, talking about, yeah, he's him playing the character and him being surprised that he's still doing it. But he still has another two turns, one or two turns coming up, giving uh, Thor Ragnarok and probably Infinity War. There you go. All right. Is he even supposed to be? Yeah, I, I'm a, well, we don't know if it's going to be an Infinity War or not, but it's probably a safer bet than not. All righty. So, uh, in our next story, uh, Ant-Man's uh, stunt double has a prosthetic leg. So, there is a promotional shot of the current uh, Ant-Man Wasp movie that's filming. And there is a shot of the uh, the uh, stunt double for uh, Ant-Man um, uh, walking on set with uh, a partially prosthetic leg. And that is pretty cool that, uh, you know, you can take up uh, stunt, you know, stunt doubling as uh, stunt work and, uh, you know, and, and do that with a prosthetic leg. But yeah, which granted is not the first time I believe we have heard stories of, of similars, but you know, this is a more recent one. So, which also kind of was like, well, hmm, they, I guess there's going to be probably a little bit more CG on, well, actually, no, they just, they don't even have to do that. Just, you know, angle, shot angles. Anyway, but that's, you know, a, a cool piece of story. I thought I'd just throw that in there. Um, next up, it's you. Oh, right. Uh, nine new short, short shots from, haha, very funny, from Netflix's Punisher. So, yes, there's some more um, pictures from the sets or in promo of the new the Punisher Netflix series. Guess what, y'all? We've only got a couple of months to go. Whoa, wait a second. And didn't they, didn't they, was, was that leak of a release date for Netflix's Punisher wrong? I don't, what, the November? No, I thought it was October 13th. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was November, but I don't know. I wonder. What I, so, so we got a trailer recently, but I don't remember if the set trailer actually even says. I don't think so, but I think there was like a leak where it said, "Hold on, Punisher Netflix release date." Let's Google, see what is out there right now. So, uh, the motion poster teases the release date. 
So it says sometime in fall 2017. You're not sure when. Uh, yeah, but I thought I heard a date of November or something, something or other, but I don't know. In fact, I remember, and even though this is another note, uh, noteworthy date for me, uh, but I thought I heard November 4th. Hmm. But I don't know how true that is. Either way, it's coming one way or the other. And yeah, and it's not far away now. Yeah. And like I said, given the speaking of the next story, giving the uh, the flack that a certain show that is uh, that is actually started tonight. If you are watching this. Yes. The, the 29th it started while it was still broadcasting on the Eastern t- on Eastern time. So uh, uh, the inhuman showrunner is ready for at least three seasons of story. If it lasts that bloody long, go yeah. to hell, Scott Buck, go to hell. That is actually funny you mentioned that because that is the uh, exact um, that is the exact criticism that's been uh, uh, mirrored online. Yes, uh, Scott Buck of uh, also of Iron Fist, uh, show running notoriety. Yeah, yeah. dear Kevin Feige, keep Scott Buck the hell away from Marvel Studios uh, characters. Thank you, sincerely, yeah. sincerely, Agent Underscore Seventy of the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles. I have not seen this nor Iron Fist yet because I don't know I'm bouncing off of it. But um, did you watch any of uh, in him before? Couple um, minutes, couple minutes. I had it on, but I was uh, uh, swallowing dinner before getting on the show. And sure. um, from what I saw, it does look cheap. But um, and, and I don't. You know what's funny is that it, the the acting just doesn't seem. You know, it's just not that good. Uh, just kind of disappointing and it stinks that they couldn't get like a super convincing medusa now you you've watched game of thrones right uh, i've seen like an episode or two. Oh, and okay so one of the really annoying characters in uh, uh game of thrones plays um one of the actors from game of thrones who, who plays an annoying character plays maximus the mad in right. this and i think it's a good choice but i don't think they give him uh, the best dialogue, even though he's supposed to be the bad guy, so it's kind of you know touching, you know, uh, hit and miss. Gotcha. Doesn't seem like he's channeling Game of because you know Game of Thrones. So Game of Thrones characters or, or actors have been commanding right. other superhero shows of late. Like that, that seems to be a cycle, right? Well, they either come from like Spartacus or from Game of Thrones or some other. Right. Well, the guy that plays Iron Fist is on Game of Thrones, but he didn't exactly play the most macho character. So right on King of Thrones. Um, so yeah. anyway, moving on, I don't want to deal with Scott. So, Buck. I'd like so to, they, yeah. So my only point, my only point would have been like, you know, it, this could turn around like uh, agents of shield situation, but it doesn't look very promising, but even agents of shield uh, by accounts has had a lot more going for it than this seems to, again, right. I have not, you know, be yet, but I, you know, you, you want things like this to be good, but if, you know, Sometimes it's not even right. If you can't even draw in the core, the core audience, that's uh, that's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. Move right along. Supergirl is on uh, a hero's journey in the new trailer for Supergirl season. Three. And a matter of fact, I'm going to wrap this next one in because it's also Supergirl related. So yeah, so, so we got a new trailer for Supergirl season three. Sounds like there's some more people being um, added to added to the cast, uh, such as uh, Odette. An apple, which almost always sounds, sounds like every time I hear that word, it sounds like a fake name. Anyway, DC's World Killer Rain. I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, Adrian Pass there, who's shown up pretty much speaking of Agents of Shield in a lot of places. Uh-huh. We already knew this is Morgan Edge and Morgan Edge and a few other people, including shout out to uh, Mantis Carl Lumbly. Okay, yeah, is on show. I just put that because I, I loved Mantis when it was on back in the nineties. It wasn't you know, 
<laughs> never watched it, but I'm familiar with the show. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, but anyway, and about, and a few other people, but yeah, like I said, we got a trailer for that. And next up, uh, speaking of castings, Supergirl season three casts Amy Jackson as uh, Saturn Girl. I have no idea who this character is. Legion of Superheroes. Okay. She's, sure. one of the, she's one of the primary Legion of Superheroes, like lead characters. Right. Okay, that's right, because they did say they were doing that. They were doing an, uh, a take on them during the season. So, yeah, this Bollywood actress who's named them. I know that sounds bad. I shouldn't say that. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, there is that. Uh, next up. So, John Williams' iconic Superman theme will soar into Justice League movie. Uh, so, apparently, uh, Danny Elfman is going to incorporate that particular tune into something that's going to be have a slight twist to it. It's going to have a slight twist to it. It's not going to necessarily be completely uh, the same. It'll probably be recognizable if you're looking for it. That's what this particular article and interview says. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool that they're going to try to wrap that in. I always like that music. Yeah, because usually they would be like, they're throwing in something like a, a ringtone or something like that. But since this is not a standalone Superman movie, that's probably not going to be good. And given how Bats be V soups left out, you can almost tell when they could probably put it in if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. given what we've already, what we know uh, about the uh, uh, storyline so far. Yeah, so that'd be neat. That that has always been a great piece of music. So, um, let's see. Next up, stop it. American flag option for TV by Luc Besson. Uh, report says. Okay. So, okay, Howard Shakin's uh, American flag. I've heard of the book, never read it, but if you know Howard Shakin, you kind of know the kind of stuff he deals in too. Uh, has been optioned for television by Luc Besson's Europa Corps, which uh, again is another two superior I have heard of. I believe they are the ones that's doing the transporter TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says that uh, for films like the transporter and Valerian and city of Southern planets, uh, they've also produced that's right. Cause they also did the TV series of transporter taken and 13, which I had not seen of, but I know it's still on um, Netflix somewhere. So sure. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie may be a two-parter, uh, as stated by uh, Olivia Munn, the actress portraying Psylocke. Mm. Yeah, she was interviewed. She wasn't really sure how much she could say it, so she kind of gave up that, or may or may not have given up that. So, Next up, Hulk's cameo in Thor Ragnarok is Marvel's way of letting the Green Avenger have his own movie, says Mark Ruffalo. Um, so, yeah, he was being interviewed for Total Film. Um which is out now, and I mm, that was the one blurb that, that that they decided to put out in this uh, Games Radar article. I'm sitting here like, ah, that's I don't know about that. It's like I know that a Hulk movie is kind of a hard start at this point, you know. And I think they've even said, or at least he has said, they're probably not even going to do it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, I think he specifically said, it was like, yeah, they don't want to do it because they don't want to make money. Right. Exactly. Said, yep. Yeah, I don't think this is yeah, the cameo, which is not much of a cameo, but more like he's. A co-star. Yeah, he's pretty much a co-star in this. So, unless they do something like everything we've seen in the trailers is all we've seen, but no, nah, I doubt it. Yeah, it's there's more to that. But either way, yeah, I don't know. I would, I'd be curious to see what a, a Ruffalo led Hulk movie would be like. I mean, can't be any worse than the others. Hmm. So anyway, the new Runaways photos introduce the Pride, which uh, who are the parents of the Runaways, who are uh, uh, a kind of a B-level team of supervillains. You're being nice. C-level team. 
Yeah, I would argue C. Okay. But C- yeah. Sure. But yeah, Runaways is coming. We got a picture of the Pride, even though I don't think, well, yes, yeah, it's a slideshow. I'm not going through all of that. But we also get a picture of the cast of uh, In Full. Right. Of the Runaways. So, hey, good looking crew. Sure. Which I guess this is a Hulu thing, right? Yes. Yes. So, and it doesn't say uh, November 21st is when that starts. So, if you are a Runaways fans, I'm sure they will be flocking to Hulu. Next. Wait, is that me? Uh, yeah. Lazarus television series in the works at Amazon. So Greg Rucker and Michael Lark's uh, image comic is going to be optioned for a TV show, just like pretty much almost any other comic book in existence at this point. All righty. And finally, in uh, cinematic news, Arrow's big bad Prometheus will return for the DC crossover, but with twists. So last season of Arrow centered around the arrival of the, uh, the mysterious arrival of Prometheus, a masked bowman. Seeking vengeance against everything Ollie Queen has been working towards. So, Black Arrow. What's that? <laughs> AKA Black Arrow. Oh, okay. So, that's not necessarily true. I don't even know. So, um, uh, no idea what's happening, but apparently he's coming back. Yeah. For, and yeah, something's going to be different. Who knows? Okay. I actually, I'm not even, yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think I've, I, I know I'm behind on, the 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 Arrowverse stuff, so I don't think I've even seen any of that. I know I've seen half half of it up until the crossover. So, eh. we now move on to uh, comic news, and the first thing we have up is expect a milestone announcement from DC at uh, NYCC twenty seventeen. So this comes from Publishers Weekly. So I think we have reported in the past that you know that there has been there is an ongoing lawsuit. Uh, with Milestone Media and the family of Dwayne McDuffie. McDuffie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so given that there is going to be news at NYCC, maybe that means that something's been worked out or, yeah, or starting to be hashed out on that. So our own Age of 70 can report if you have, happens to, just to come across that or anybody or whenever the news articles undoubtedly hit. Sure enough. It will be brought to you. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Batman takes a knee in, uh, current, uh, events, topical art piece from Francesco Francovia. Who does uh, this kind of stuff in there? And that's why I like him. Um, I said, I said, who kind of does this stuff every now and then, you know? Oh, sure. 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 No, good for, uh, good for Francovia. Who's, uh, you know, keeping track of current events and, uh, mm. uh, citing on the uh, correct side of history. Exactly. So if you don't, if, well, we don't, we don't have to get into it, but yes, there is, um, you've surely kept up with the news about uh, one Colin Kaepernick who's been fired from, from uh, his position and can't seem to get any on anywhere because of his uh, stance during the national anthem that has to do with police brutality and not the anthem and not America as idiots would like to say. That's all I would say about that. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't want to get into it because, that. because you just have to be on the right side of history, people. Basically. So <laughs> there is that. Keep fighting the fight, folks. So you got the next one. Um, oh, shoot. I should have switched to um, How Harley Quinn, the Riddler, and more inspired Alexa Bliss in her WWE persona. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know who this person is, but it's apparently... A YouTube star. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so apparently her... Um, she came out into the room and uh, last year with a with a sort of Harley inspired uh, outfit, which you can see in the picture. Uh, that's not how it does it. Although we don't have to go into that. So, but which 
I'm like, okay, I see that, but I also see it was like, you know, people have been kind of dressing like that, especially in the WLW. The women have been dressing kind of similar like that, so it doesn't seem that. But basically, her inspiration seemed to have come from the from the Riddler and Harley Quinn specifically, as to what inspired the way she was dressing when she came out. So good honor, I guess. Alrighty. So I'm gonna skip the next one because we talked about the book that came out this week, and oh, go, right. yeah, and go straight to. Uh, some pre New York Comic Con news. Eagle Moss brings the best of Batman into um, a four set, uh, a four limited edition set of uh, figures inspired by uh, Batman the Animated Series. So yeah, a little toy corner news here. Yeah, know, stay tuned for more on that at a, a later date in a bigger faction fashion. Sure. Um, going back to Star Trek Discovery, there will be a comic from IDW, of course, will that will explore to. Kavma and the Klingons. So I believe they, uh, yeah, there is a new set of Klingons, which looks nothing like either set of the Klingons that we have seen in Trek shows. I'm not sure how in totally feel about it, but I need to watch the show. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I can't really comment on even the look because this is just art and it's, it's, it, it, it will probably well, take you from the show, but even then, like I said, I still can't comment without seeing, right. Yeah. Cause this is supposed to be in, in, in between time of, um, between Kirk and uh, Next Generation. So, yeah, things changed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there's a tie-in comic to dis- uh, Star Trek Discovery. Gotcha. Uh, because, of course, there is. And it'll be coming out soonish? Yes, let's say soonish, because I can't see where the date is. Oh, September. Wait a minute. That's something. Oh, there's, novels. there's a prose novel that is already on shelves. But, yeah, the book is coming soon. Uh, the comic is coming soon. Uh, in our next bit of news, Boom is launching a new The Expanse Origins graphic novel in February 2018. So while everyone awaits the return of Siffy's The Expanse next year, the, uh, there is a new original graphic novel from Boom Studios titled The Expanse Origins set to come out uh, in February 2018 to uh, hold you down. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of mentioned talked this. Okay. But I don't remember, so, but I put it in here anyway. So, yeah, Expanse is a sci-fi f- five for show. Also another good one, by the way. Um, um, so if you are a sci-fi fan, you may want to check that out on the Siffy channel near you. But And that was there as a tie-in book. Okay. Uh, excuse me, graphic novel, because I believe there is also, if not now or has been or will be, another comic that is uh, along with this that are specific to certain characters. Gotcha. So, anyway. Uh, actually, you know what? We, we've talked about this, so we can... Yep, we can skip to the last. Yep. Uh, no, well, there's one more after that, but okay. it's, a, it's a variant corner thingy. Avengers 675 kicks off weekly No Surrender arc. So, oh, you know what? This is the one thing we did mention from Marvel Legacy, which it was, it was a small thing. Well, that's going to uh, turn out to be a bigger thing. Exactly. So, there, you know, the, the, the whole course of that issue of Marvel Legacy there has been talk of things being wrong or people or noticing that things have been wrong in, you know, in things that you've seen every day, including the panel uh, where Jarvis and Nadia is looking out at the the statues of the founding Avengers. And there is an addition to said statue uh-huh. and looks like a, an addition. And because uh, I didn't see one of the characters there, but in place of this other one, now granted the, the, the you know, we don't know who this new character is, and right. it could have been the art is the reason why we didn't see this other character there. We don't know. But regardless, so yeah, there's a um, um, 
spinning out of Legacy, there's going to be a, a weekly um, arc tie-in team up, I guess. Right, that kind of resolves the multiple Avengers books. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I really mean that it's going to resolve all of the books. So I hope uh, they're not getting rid of. Well, I didn't get rid of Uncanny. That's fine, but I'm hoping yeah. not getting rid of Champions. No, that's not an Avengers book. I wouldn't call that an Avengers book. Yeah, it is. I mean, no, but in terms of no, but in terms of the titles, think of it: yeah. U.S. Avengers, Uncanny Avengers, and Avengers. I think those sure. are the three books that are being consolidated. Sure. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I would miss U.S. Avengers, but it's you know, it was all right. Right, yeah. it's run its course to a certain extent. So yeah, basically. So, so yeah, that's what this is all about. And we will. And what was the last thing that you wanted to touch on? The very. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say there's this character named Voyager that again, like I alluded to with the Marvel Galaxy stuff, that oh. apparently going to be the um gonna play a role into this. Which I was like, didn't they do that with Avengers X? Avenger X with that storyline. Yeah. So now they're throwing somebody else in here. Back what to that same story, yeah. Yeah, seems like. But we we don't know how that plays out, so we, this could be something totally different. But last but not least, DC Comics debuts all 10 Justice League movie variant covers. Okay. Let me so, take a look at this now. now I'm curious. I'm going to see if I can take a look at this. DC Comics has unveiled all 10 variant covers set for the release in November to celebrate the theatrical release of Justice League. Man, that is coming out soon. It is coming out soon. So the covers, you know, depict likenesses of the film stars, Affleck, uh, Godot, Momoa, you know, the people who's going to be in the movies. And sure. um, notable artists that are... Um, yeah, sure. Yannick Paquette, Liam Sharp, uh, Terry Dodson, uh, Ben Oliver, I don't recognize, but has a good uh, grasp on uh, Gal Gadot's uh, Gadot's... Uh, um, uh, likeness for Nato Guided. Yeah, it's a good or a good diet. I keep hearing people saying it's a good diet, but I also hear other people saying good dough, and I don't know. But I guess I would have to listen. It doesn't matter. Sure. Mike McCone, Cully Hamner, Dustin Gwynn, Tony Daniel. I just scrolled through all 10. So that's a pretty good lineup of artists doing their uh, varying covers. Yeah. So good on them for that. All righty. So that is the end of our comic news for the night. But before we hit our final ad, um, I guess we should mention that uh, next, you know, and just remind everyone again that next week is New York Comic Con. There's kind of a dearth of uh, comic news right now this week because there's going to be a lot more in the week com- upcoming as we head into and past uh, and through New York Comic Con. So be prepared for an onslaught of uh, announcements over the next few days and, and the upcoming week. Oh no, not onslaught! Don't bring. Oh that. no, I had to bring that up. That's awful. All right, hold on. Hey, boo! <laughs> no! I'm getting in all the sound effects now. Sure. <laughs> Only onslaught would bring on three like of oh, the sad, you know, uh, 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 unhappy sound effects. Indeed, indeed. All right, so you want to hit us with an ad? Yes. So our final ad of the night is for uh, is 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 going to allow me to let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, 
order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. And in closing, I would like to. Well, I was going to bring up. I totally forgot about this question I was going to bring up. Oh, we totally have play out music, by the way. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, I was just going to ask a question of the panel, but I will get to that when we are all back together again because it was something that I thought about in the last couple of days. So, all righty. Uh, but given that we are coming to the end of this fine show of this comic book chronicles, we'd like to thank everyone for uh, checking us out here and now. Uh, actually, before I get to that, I would like to say that uh, we have been hit with a rash of uh, hurricanes lately. The last one being uh, Puerto Rico, um, fairly recently, or actually very recently uh, at right. the time of this taping. So I would like to say that if you can and have something to uh, to give, you know, I think donate uh, a lot, donate uh, uh, a lot and often. Yes, if you if you are in a place that you can do that because those people very much need help because if you are in a similar situation, you would also want someone to, to reach out and help you despite the what our governments don't want to happen. Uh, they would probably need more money because it sounds like the goods are being given. But still, if you got goods or if you got money, even if it is money, you know, please do so. You know, there are links out there that you can Google. I'm not sure I don't have any handy right now because I just thought about that uh, just a second ago. Um, and, um, what else I was going to say, I was also say for another time because there was a slightly personal note that I was going to bring up to, to the people of the audience, but I'm hungry. Uh, that's, uh, like I said, John is here. Hope maybe next week, maybe not. Uh, we will stay tuned to the Twitters, uh, which goes as follows one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Check him out for, um, I'm sure he will be, uh, he will definitely be on the show floor of NYCC doing this thing, picturing, giving, getting pictures. Sure. Babies, <laughs> and get mess. There you go. Is there is there a as prominent a toy um, thing as San Diego or no? No, no, no. It's much uh, it's much more subdued, yeah. but uh, they still do have uh, on occasion. Uh, panels and reveals so my understanding especially uh coming off of uh hascon uh there's probably going to be some marvel legends revealed i know that uh, they're probably going to do some more uh reveals for christmas related or christmas timed uh items from across the toy uh, universe so we'll see you know we'll, de- we'll definitely have some stuff to uh cover understood um also check out uh, one tim uh, tim dog 98 that's tim d-o-g-g 98 on twitter also the Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. And also, last but not least, CBC Cron are all of the uh, Twitter handles that he that he is um that he mans. Definitely probably check the CBC Cron one because one, to see when we're gonna have uh, if you know whether there's gonna share or even our own things, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be something in one of the two places coming off of that site. Um also dclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickclickcl
uh, I, he had mentioned saying something about giving up doing uh, Graham comic reviews on Instagram, but you can still go check out what he has on there now. Uh, I'm not sure if he's done any recently. But no, I don't think so, but I don't remember seeing anything. But regardless, go check him out for, at all of those places. And also me, Ride a Cat on Twitter and News Nurse Need on Twitter. Hopefully, the site's coming as soon as I can get off my boat to uh, also, CBC Caps on Instagram, where I post comic panels, such as a certain reference in Black Panther that I totally forgot to do before I went to bed this, uh, this afternoon. It's okay. You'll remember uh, in a second. Well, yeah, I already have, but yeah, I just need to go ahead and post it. Either oh, you'll way, be reminded in a second, but go on. Um, but you can find this here podcast on our side of goodness, CP- cspn.us. You can find us and other good shows um, that uh, you will get some enjoyment out of we have something for almost pretty much everyone uh you can also subscribe to this podcast at uh at your podcast place of choice where i don't think we're on spotify yet so maybe not there but nevertheless pretty much anywhere else you can get uh, uh podcast you should be able to find the comic book chronicles uh also help us out shop cspn.us give us get some um swag from this show or other places or other shows on the cspn you know, help us out so we can uh, keep making fine shows for your perusal and hopefully get more shows into the mix and whatnot. Uh, and with that, we come to this close of this here, Comic Book Chronicles. Again, like I said, look out for the Twitters for next week's show. Um, and until then, until the next time we meet folks, this is the, Kid, uh, the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, and we are out. You're about to say you're Kid Capri. I know, right? Uh, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock to my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack. Put the hell to Remember, I've been duped. Behind the hall, you never thought that hip hop would take Would you believe it's, it's Dr.